Hello, and welcome to Cool Takes, the only bad movie podcast where the bad movies are good, actually. Every week, we mount a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular movie in the hopes of successfully gaslighting our audience into having bad taste. Hi, my name is Jackson McMurray. Hi, my name is Adeline McMurray. And my name is Keisha Rhodes. Were you more satisfied by that one, Adeline? That was good. That felt natural. It gets better every time. So here's my my opening stupid bit. Are you ready? Ready for it. So here's the thing, you know the thing and it's called TikTok and you know and you have all your little videos and you spend maybe about uh, seven to eight hours in there and then you feel like shit and then you delete the app, you know that? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I know favorite? that experience Jackson quite well. Jackson wouldn't know because he's on hiatus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's because so, yeah, I deleted TikTok. the app. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you spent eight hours on should. it. I do the exact same thing. <laughs> Once a week I delete TikTok and then I put it back on my phone, but here's the thing. So if you, sometimes when I do that, my For You page gets a little messed up, like all my follow, all the people I follow are still there, but my For You page gets a little weird. I like start to like drift over to straight TikTok sometimes when they're like not exactly sure what I've been watching. Okay. What is straight TikTok? What is the definition of straight TikTok? If it's people dancing or like couple joke pranks where you're like, this seems unhealthy, that's straight TikTok. It's just a self-righteous way of saying lame TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, basically. But okay. so you drift that way, and I, so I start getting compilations of trick shots, like people making trick shots. No, no, shots. no, that shit oh. rocks. That shit No, no, rules. no, here's the thing. Here's my thesis. You're not ready. Okay. If you make a trick shot, and first of all, if you edit it so it looks like you made it in one shot, you didn't. We all know you didn't. It's fine. It's the <laughs> internet. You, it's not real. It's fine. But if you do that, if you make that incredible, like, one in a million shot, and you just, like, don't react, you're just like... <laughs> Fuck you. That's the oh, worst. I hate that. No, it's good. There's this guy who does it and he shows you every single try that he makes. And so it's just like him doing it over again. Like you see like all the variables going on of like what needs to happen in order for that one in a million shot to happen. And he just sits there and he does it. And then he does it and then he goes, woo! And then he like runs around and he celebrates. And it's so <laughs> good and nice. Like, why are we celebrating the cha- the chaotic nature of the universe? And then you finally get that one in a million shot and you're just like, like, fuck you. And so okay, dem- that's kind of living is amazing like when- and the world is chaos and something magical happens <laughs> and you just gotta be happy about it. <laughs> No, my favorite thing to do when I go to Disneyland or Disney World is to look upset in the pictures, like a child, you know? Like, if, like, for yeah. my, my sister and I, the last time we went, our goal was to every time they took a picture on a ride, to, like, look thoroughly unamused, because it's really difficult to do on something that's so fun. When you're, like, and on we Splash Mountain. We were, well, we did Tower of, this, I guess this was a while ago, because we did Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. but it was in Florida, and they do, like, a surprised drop and and then they take your picture and I thought they took the picture already and I started smiling and I ruined the whole thing like everyone <laughs> that I went with was like and I was like <laughs> but it's funny it's funny to not smile when you do something that's spectacular that amazing picture of Jackson that's like his profile picture on everything is him on the Incredicoaster right. at Disneyland <laughs> speaking of that or was it, <laughs> or was it yeah. Space Mountain it was something 
I know, because you've got the Red Harness. It was right. their Incredicoaster. I love the Incredicoaster. That shit. It's real good. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and, like, that, you know, you can, you can say, like, oh, it's a bummer that, like, all the rides at Disneyland have to be, like, IP-driven now. When it used to just be, like, Sword Cal- or Scream in California or whatever. Yeah. But here's the thing is that it's, it's 99% the same roller coaster, except now they play the Incredibles music in the speakers, which makes oh, it yeah. 100 times better. Yes. <laughs> God, it's and so it good. And it smells like cookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and what? like, even, oh my gosh, what's wrong with that? <laughs> they returned Space Mountain to normal, right? It's no longer it's, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, it theme. was better when it was Star Wars, but yes, it was I, so much better when it was Star Wars theme. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. Space Mountain is a very fun roller coaster, but it's all dark, so you like can't really see like when turns are coming, and it makes me sick to my stomach because I can't see shit and I'm moving around, and it's very fun and I'm moving around. <laughs> and it just, it makes me sick. But when it was Star Wars themed and they were like, oh, there's the Millennial Falcon and an X-Wing and a thingy-mabob and you can look at all of them. <laughs> the Millennial Falcon. I was just like, yay, I can look at things and I'm having so much fun and I don't want to throw up. Like, it was so much better. Yeah. And they had Star Wars music blasting and it was great. Well, yeah, like, because the soundtrack slept. There was a hot second where they were like, "Okay, Tomorrowland. Like, we gotta IPify this. Obviously, we're gonna like make it more Star Warsy, right? Like, it's where yeah, Star Wars like, is." The yeah. But then they were like, yeah. "Wait, actually, I think we're gonna make a whole other part of the park that is just Star Wars. So now we're not yeah. really sure we want to do a Tomorrowland anymore." I was talking about that Buzz Lightyear ride, baby. Love Buzz that Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear ride. He's I'll take, I know there's the exact same ride. In California Adventure, yeah, but who gives a, a crap? better version? Because I love to shoot things. <laughs> a better version of California. Yeah. That Buzz Lightyear ride uh, sucks. I, I'm sorry, Keisha. That's not a good it ride. Does. No, it's fun. I love any ride that you get to shoot at. And the, what the Spider Bot ride is going to be the same exact ride, but I don't care <laughs> right. because I like to shoot things. But That's fair. The, That's it's valid. a laser pointer, though. You can't see where you're shooting. I'm coming out as a libertarian right now. Jackson, you're just saying that because I beat you on it. That's all. That's I don't reason. even remember if that's true. I well, I said it on the podcast, <laughs> so that means it is true. But back to uh, uh, Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge. I remember when we were going, they were building it, and it was all very secret, yeah. very hush hush. And I remember that the mm. thing was, I had seen online that at the top of Tower of Terror, when they open the doors up and you can like see the whole park, yeah. you can like see. You could like see what they were building you could over there. See Star Wars Land. Um, yeah. And so I just remember that being a whole thing of people going on Tower of Terror with their cameras, <laughs> and like when the doors open, they'd be see, like, no. oh, and they just like drop. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then they would drop their iPhone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and Mickey Mouse see, would no, snatch it, obliterate it. <laughs> but I remember we had a very nice conversation with a cast member where he gave us some insider information, right. just because we were having. A, I think we talked to him about comics, and he was like, "You guys are cool. Do you want some secrets about Star Wars Land?" Right. We're like. Yes. <laughs> he did say some weird stuff about The Last Jedi afterwards, but whatever. That's fine. Oh, what did he say? Do you remember? I don't even remember. Just I like weird, like, gross, incel type things? or It was just the kind of thing where it was like, he was the guy who was working the like Jungle Cruise gift shop or whatever, and we just happened to strike up a conversation mm. with him. We were like, what do you know about Star Wars Land? He was like, oh, I mean, I'll tell you guys. We were just talking. And it was it was that summer right after Last Jedi came out. And Adeline and I were, like, so amped on Last Jedi. And it, like, came up for yeah. whatever reason. And he was like, oh, I didn't like Last Jedi. And we were like, oh, that's too bad. Like, giving him the benefit of the doubt that it was for a normal <laughs> yeah, reason. Okay. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. It, it, but it's just this whole thing. Like, I feel like they were, like, really trying to push the diversity too far. 
I was like, oh, sick, great. Uh, well, thanks for the spoilers well, I don't about Star that Wars part Land. Of it. He definitely I said don't that. that part of the conversation. Oh, because he was black, so I was. I don't yeah, know why was he weird. would say that. It was weird. It was a weird interaction. Yeah, it was like one of those pick me things. Mm. I don't I know. I hate Kelly Marie Tran as an Asian American woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I love Kelly Marie Tran. No one take that out of context. Uh, so what would you guys, uh, how would you guys uh, decorate Eternals Land at Disneyland? Well, you got to oh, yeah. have the big marble guy, mm-hmm. like, as, like, the walls Obviously. Right, yeah. Like, he's, like, do, like, the a toon- attraction is, like... Or, like, do, like, a Toontown so thing where you can sick. see it, like, off in the distance, quote-unquote. Well, yeah, but you yeah. see, like, the head, and then maybe the hand is, like, the entrance at the gate, and you can, like, see his knee over there, yeah, yeah. like, that kind of thing, where it feels like his you're, like, knee. on top of him, like, in the land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Ooh, and then you would you have do? you would have you like a tiki do... room, but instead of the tiki room, it's Pixie's. Pick is that what's her name? Sprite. Sprite. Pixies. It's like Sprite's Sprite, illusions, Sprite, Sprite. and it's like whoa, and there's a bunch of parrots singing, <laughs> and then <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. Oh, they could redo the haunted mansion mm. so that, but it's, it's like the ship. <laughs> what if Disney was just like no. it's not Disneyland anymore? It's Eternals <laughs> Land now, and they just take every single attraction and turn it into an Eternals attraction. Pirates of the Caribbean. It's just Pirates of the Caribbean, but the Eternals are there yeah. in history. It's all about them in history, oh. like influencing <gasps> events. Oh, because then they could do Soren California, but it's like um, through history. Like, they just Icarus, or like yeah. It's, yeah, Icarus, you're just flying more on with Icarus. Or, like, you're turning things into different, different, uh, like, you objects. Know, you're like, ooh, it smells yeah. like rose petals now. Ooh, <laughs> smells like sand. You know when you get to, like, the end of the museum, at the kids' museum, and they have, like, the sand pit where you can, like, put your hands and things? That'll be the room. They're like, oh, look, rose petals, sand. <laughs> but uh, yeah. what was I going to say? Oh, you know how, like, in uh, Universal Studios, the Hagrid ride where everybody's on a little motorcycle? Mm. So we'll have yeah. that, except instead of everybody being on their own little motorcycle, everybody's on their own Icarus. So it's like you're, like, <laughs> sitting on riding back, around on Richard Madden. And they're just going, you're just going around, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, today we're talking about Eternals, uh, if you couldn't tell. and Yeah, if you haven't figured that out by now, this, come on. This is, um, this, is a fast, this is a very exciting episode for us, because... We were planning on doing Eternals always, just as a fun one-off. You know, every once in a while, yeah. we don't want to, like, do an unpopular movie. We just want to be like, let's just check out a new release that's coming out. We yeah, want to be, like, like, the oh, cool kids. Yeah. Like, the we cool want to keep up. Too. Yeah. Keeping up with the Kardashians. So we're like, okay, we're excited Where about Eternals. They? Chloe Zhao is an interesting, fun director. We are always happy to see what she's up to. So we were like, let's put Eternals look, on the schedule. We love Gemma Chan. Gemma Chan. Richard Madden. And we love Barry Kumail Keegan, Nanjiani. Kumail Nanjiani. Kumail. All the boys. All everybody in this movie's great. And everybody's in here. So we were like, let's just do it. And then it, it starts getting these reviews and like people are not into it. Like every review on Rotten Tomatoes is either like, this isn't that great, or like even the positive ones are like, I don't know, whatever. You know, like nobody's was, very <laughs> enthusiastic about some it. Some people like this. Yeah. We like this. <laughs> but like so I was like, oh, you know, bummer. Like, you know, it was Chloe Zhao. You're really excited about it. But maybe it doesn't turn out good. That's fine. And then I saw it. I saw it opening night because I was still yeah, kind of yeah, holding yeah. out hope. I was like, I feel like I still well, might like we this. Were, like, we were texting each other. We were like, oh, no, is Eternals going to be boring? Like, it looks right. boring. The trailer, like, mm-hmm. oh, no. Like, the trailer, we want to like yeah. it. 
Yeah. We want to like it, though. And then, so, so Jackson saw it first. I saw it opening night. I went in with, like, you know, muted expectations. Um, and so I sat down there, and I was just like, okay. Like, when is this going to get bad? Because right now it fucking rules. <laughs> I'm having fun right now. <laughs> and it just yeah. absolutely never did. This movie absolutely rips. And I told you guys that. I mean, I don't know. Did you guys believe me? Because I'm. I also okay, told you no. that Venom versus Carnage <laughs> totally ripped. Yeah. And you guys were like, oh. yeah. So when I was like, Eternals, fucks. It's so good. Well, what was your response? Here's the thing: is that my I because I saw it next. I right. saw it uh, like a week after you did or something like that. And I was texting you and I was like, I do, it doesn't look. Like, it's going to be good. I don't <laughs> I don't know boring. about this one, Chief. <laughs> and Jackson is, like, sending us all these things, and he's like, I really loved it. And I don't want to – I so I'm walking in, and I'm like, I'm not going to listen to anything right. anybody else says because <laughs> I know and I trust Jackson personally. <laughs> so I sat down at the movie, and at first I was like, uh-oh, is this too much of an information drop? And then, like, 30 seconds after that, I said, no, it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> I got great. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm having a good time, and I never stopped having a good time. And I, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of a long movie, and it didn't feel like it was a long movie. No. And that's uh, mm-hmm. that's saying something. Yeah. I was the only reason that it felt like a long movie to me was because my mom was picking me up from the theater, and so she just had to, like, sit in the parking lot for, like, 30 minutes because I told her it was going to be oh, two shoot. hours, and it was probably about uh, two and a half. You got to look but up. You got to look up that runtime. I should have looked it up. That was my bad. That was my beat. You got it. You got but it. But here's but, the yeah, thing. I, when, so I immediately when, texted the group and said, yeah, Eternals rips, and it's great, and... It's, I'm so happy about it. See, when, like, Keisha, when you texted that, Keisha, that's when I was like, okay, this is a good movie. Because when Jackson sends you a text and he says, this movie slaps so hard, there's like a few options that happen. Right. <laughs> there's different ways that it can One of them is like, oh yeah, this is like a good movie. Like it's a solid good movie. And then the other one is this movie's going to be weird as shit and Jackson's like way on board. But if you're not way on board, right. then you're just going to be like, what the fuck was it's that? Like the old thing. And then there's like a third option that's just like, this movie is bad and Jackson likes it for some <laughs> reason. That happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. We need to make a Venn diagram where like, how we all agree on movies where right. like the ones where yeah. it's like just Adeline and I like it yeah. or just Jackson and I like it yeah, or yeah, just yeah. you two like it but the ones where we all three of us are like right. the is synergy eternal. is yeah. perfect yeah well it's yeah so like that well because when Jackson texted me I was like okay with superhero movies if Jackson says it slaps and people hate it that generally means the superhero movie is good and I'm going to like it because like we love Age of Ultron everybody hates Age of Ultron stuff like that so I was like okay I'm probably going to like it because it's a Marvel movie and I trust Jackson's opinions about Marvel. But I was still like, it still could be, because they're kind of going, doing something else with the Turtles, I was like, it still could be the one where it's weird and boring right. and Jackson likes it for some reason. So when Keisha was like, no, it's really good, I was like, okay, it's going to be a good movie. And then it was. So so, so here's my pet theory about this. Mm-hmm. The thing about this movie is that it is, like, it is a departure from, like, the regular Marvel sort of style and format in a lot of very mm-hmm. specific ways, but it is also not especially in a lot of oh, yeah. distinct yeah, ways yeah, yeah. too. And I think that there is sort of like, if you're like a pro critic, if you're like versed in cinema all the time and you're already kind of tired of these Marvel movies. And if you're going in kind of like, okay, prove it. 
I feel like that is not the right headspace for this because you're going to be like, oh, it's yeah. the same as this. Oh, it looks like this. There's not even that much action. I'm not, you know, I'm not immediately invested and on board with this. If I can't mm-hmm. buy in immediately, then it's not going to mm-hmm. quite work. If you're like a diehard Marvel dude who's like so amped about every Marvel project and like knows exactly what they want and what they're expecting it to be. And it's not quite that if there's not a lot of action in it and it's mostly people talking to each other and it's these characters you're not already familiar with. I think that that Mm -hmm. can sort of fall flat. And I think that we are very smart and perfect. We're the best at watching movies (laughs) of everybody. I think we're like this middle zone where it's like we are are willing to accept when things are different and weird while also being excited about the regular Marvel things at the same time. And I think yeah. I think that we just hit the exact center of that Venn diagram of like how you think and interact with these superhero movies to understand it for the masterpiece that it is. Cuz this is one of those things. This movie feels a lot like a lot of other divisive movies that we love. Because, like, not only... It's just like Iron Man 3 in the sense that it's like, oh, oh, here's this weird, you know, continuation of this story that's, like, directed by a fresh auteur director that is, like, you know, still very much engaging with the superhero thing while also being, like, really specifically and really uniquely in this director's voice. And, like, sort of weird and there's some things like sort of structurally and plot wise that don't a hundred percent make sense, but that's not at all the most important thing to us. And that's why we love Mm -hmm. it. But it also kind of feels like last Jedi in a way, because like, I just remember when last Jedi was coming out. Well, there's a lot of people talking, but also like (laughs) when last Jedi was coming out, Disney seemed so amped about last Jedi. They were like Mm -hmm. so proud of it. They were like, this thing's going to do great. And yeah, and they were like, Ryan Johnson's going to direct a trilogy of Star Wars movies after this because we're so happy with Last Jedi. And then it came out and it just like fell apart. I mean, it didn't like fall apart, but it came out and it became this whole big fucking thing and they slammed on the brakes. Yeah, they didn't get the reaction that they wanted. So they just like pulled the ripcord and they were like, never mind. (laughs) But you could tell like the way that people were talking about it in interviews, like the decisions they were making, like before the movie even came out, like they were like... They were, like, amped about Last Jedi. And I think the same thing is true about this. I mean, one of the biggest things, Mm -hmm. this isn't confirmed, but um, there's a rumor going around that Kevin Feige wants Chloe Zhao to direct the Star Wars movie he's producing. So, but, like, he, like, really loved working with Chloe Zhao, and there were all these interviews from Mm -hmm. people on the inside being like, we are really excited about Eternals. And now it's coming out and people don't like it. It's got, like, a really shitty Rotten Tomatoes score, which, like, almost never happens with Marvel movies. And so, like, I wonder it's, how they're going I just, to it I just, I just don't want her to go to movie jail. I don't want them to be like, well, we let you direct a franchise thing and people didn't like it. So now you don't get to, to do it jail. anymore. I know, but, no, like, I'm afraid. She got That's my that, fear. She got that movie Oscar. Yeah, she so, got Best yeah, Picture, did. Best Director last year. And that's the thing. That is the wild thing about this movie. It's just, like, the Chloe Zhao narrative of, like, Chloe oh, yeah. Zhao, young Chinese filmmaker, makes two movies about like cowboys and horses and fields or whatever like that's very much her vibe just like looking at fields and there's like a guy who's yeah thinking a lot about of stuff. space yeah he's in thinking the, about stuff in the shot um and then so she gets picked up by marvel to make this eternals movie like she's already kind of an exciting name on her own and she picks up eternals people are like oh that's cool we'll see how she does uh she makes this movie finishes it you know uh before the pandemic hits 
because uh, the pandemic hit, you know, only a few months before it was supposed to come out. By all accounts, it was, I think in March, they were, like, in, like, deep post-production. Like, they were finishing it in the early days of the pandemic. Um, but after that, after she finishes Eternals, she starts work on Nomadland, which she, uh, uh, she doesn't write it by herself, but she is a writer on Nomadland. And she, you know, writes, directs, shoots, and it's releases this movie Commutes. during the pandemic wins best picture wins best director and <laughs> she still got this marvel movie in the can just waiting to come out just sitting on the shelf <laughs> so like it's this bizarre like ex post facto prestige on this movie of like yeah. her having one best picture in the time since she finished it which i think is so fascinating and like this movie well, what a weird like from her perspective like how weird is that to be like i right. made this thing and now people have opinions about it it's just weird it's like i've made this thing and i've like grown as an artist and like right. done other things and done things that you've liked but this thing that i did in the past now you get to have opinions about right, it, you know, yeah. like how weird, like your like personal timeline of growth. Like that's such, such a weird thing, mm -hmm. you know? And like, I think that, you know, and it's kind of like the Shane Black thing too. It's very much like has a lot of the like Marvel elements in it, but it still like has a lot of Chloe Zhao in it. There's a lot of people like oh, yeah. sitting in fields and looking at stuff and thinking <laughs> thoughts. Like, and that's, what's, that's what's great about yeah. it. I think that like, also, oh, oh. go ahead, Keisha. I was going to say, if you, here are some movies that if you like them, because I put out a poll. I put out a poll on the, on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I said, and did you like this movie? Did you not like this movie? Did you not see this movie? <laughs> and a lot of people haven't even seen right, it. Right. So mm -hmm. let me tell you some movies. If you like these, you will like this movie. <laughs> Scooby-Doo, the live action movie. <laughs> the Muppets <What>? movie. <laughs> <laughs> because okay. the structure, let me tell you okay. why. The structure of those films is a beloved group. You start out, they're all together. Okay, it's a, and it's then a band time transpires. Together, okay, okay. And they split up, and you say, why'd they split up? It's a the Muppet movie. And yeah. then the movie is built around bringing those relationships back together mm -hmm. and stringing them together stronger than they were before to overcome some kind of force, a la spooky demon person on Zombie Clown Island or whatever. Guy. I can't yeah. remember. A la... Scrappy-doo. Uh, yeah. The Muppets getting shut down or no, no one remembering Evil the Muppets. Evil Oil I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Muppets. I love the villains in the Muppets. <laughs> Evil Oil But that movie's so that good. Is, it's so... But this structure one. for a Marvel movie is <laughs> so exciting and so different than anything else because it's all about one one guy and they're like I'm a guy and the world's against me but when there's a team that broke up and you get to piece together like why they're different and right. why they don't work and why they should work but they didn't oh it's so good and it's so yeah, exciting that part's amazing. and all of the characters feel real Wait, I was gonna and say grounded. this is not on topic please I'm so sorry, I didn't mean Vera's, to interrupt you. It, it was lag, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But, uh, Jackson, we can't talk about the Muppets movie again, because if we do, it's going to be a four-hour extravaganza, because we had two discreet two-hour episodes well, about the Muppets no, movie last time. what happened early in the days of the podcast, we did an episode on the Muppets. And we were, like, really strict about one hour then. So what I remember happening was, like, we were talking about the movie, and it was, like, an hour and ten minutes. And we were like, oh, we should split it up into two. 
And then we got like 20 minutes into the second episode and like totally ran out of things to talk about. And we were like, oh. <laughs> so like at the end of the well, day, so- that like two part episode was probably only like an hour and 45 minutes, which is a totally regular length fair. for our podcast to be now. <laughs> so- yeah, should it be? That's up for debate. I can build up the extra 40 minutes. <laughs> I'll go back in and I'll I'll put in my my two cents on the moment. Yeah, there we go. Then we'll have two and a half hours because right. it's the best film. Uh, but like, okay, so so and you know, as far as I think, a big part of the show is moving forward is always going to have to be sort of like dissecting why people don't like it, and yeah, I think, which I don't really understand. Tbh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing: not a lot of action sequences in this movie. There's like the one at but, the beginning, but, which is pretty short. Uh, there's the long one at the, at Barry Keegan's weird cult camp, which is pretty good. That's like a full fledged, yeah. like extended action sequence. And there's the one at the end. Yeah. And no, like, there's the one in Babylon. There's the right, one in Babylon. That's like two minutes though. That's like a brief little yeah. dealy. But here's the thing about all of the action sequences is that the coolest shit in the world is seeing a team of fighters with different skills all coming together yes! to do super cool shit and play off of each other. Right. That's the coolest shit in the world. And, like, we get, like, that is what makes Endgame so much fun. That end fight where we have every single Avenger ever and they're just, like, partying with each other. That slaps, it's so good. It goes so hard. But, like, that's what that's what makes the end of Infinity War so cool, too. It's right. just, like, here's all our friends. They all have special yeah, powers. And they, and they all, all have different together. things. Yeah. And, like, it's the, the whole thing with the Avengers and Marvel is that it's usually about a team coming together, so they're, like, new. Like, the Avengers were new. We, like, we're playing off of each other, but we're not, like, in sync yet. And then later, everything falls apart, so it's, like, them falling apart. It's the band breaking up. Right. So to have, like, flashbacks into this group when they are, like, in their prime and in sync and, like, playing off of each other and punching people into other people, turning things into roses and then blasting them, just, like, all that stuff, just, like, going off of each other so quickly is the coolest shit in the world. It's so good. And, but, yeah, and it's the difference between, like, that opening sequence where they're, like, buddies and they're fighting and they, like, have these, like, choreographed deals that they're doing and then, like, flipping to, to Barry Keegan's weird cult camp where they're fighting the Deviant. And all of a sudden, it's just like, <laughs> these are people who are so fucking sick of each other. Like, yeah, <laughs> they, they yeah. don't work like, together as well as they thousand years sick of each they other. They don't work. They're all doing their own thing, and they gain their ass beat, and then somebody else comes in and does it on their own and, like, gets their ass beat. Right. Like, you see, like, how they're just, like, they don't work anymore. Yeah. yeah. It is, like, and, and the other thing. So that's a part of it. There aren't as many action sequences in it as there are used to. I say... That's what's good about it. But, like, it's a lot of people talking to each other. It's a lot of... And I really think... This is, like, one of my biggest takes about this movie. I think that Mm. this movie asks you to feel feelings so much more than any other Marvel movie does. (laughs) Like, as much as... Obviously, we all love these Marvel movies. That's kind of what we love about them. They're sort of these roller coasters, and they have these stakes, and there are these emotional Mm -hmm. tensions, but they don't cut very deep. It's a very casual viewing experience, you know? Like, even, you know, every once in a while, you'll get something like an Infinity War, where they're, like, really trying to to push your buttons. But I feel like Infinity War was the first Marvel movie that's like, are you down to just, like, think and cry about what we didn't make you cry about? But but that's that's also off of... That's, like, coming off of, what, like, 20 movies yeah. where you already know all of these characters. Like, so you already care about Captain America right. mm-hmm. and how, what, like, you don't you don't learn anything new about 
Captain America and what he, how he operates and what he believes, or you don't learn anything new about like what Spider-Man believes. Like that's already been like settled. So this movie is a hundred percent. Here's his character. Here's what they care about, and this is why you should care about right, it. Right. And they all care about different things for different reasons, yeah. and it's a lot. But that's what makes it. Good. Yeah, and because that's what it is good oh. about the Marvel movies. They're interesting. They're exciting. You want to know what's going to happen. You care about these characters, and you want to know what's going to happen to them. But on some level. It's a very casual, very roller coastery experience. You know, you could be invested with without like you know, actually, actually like you know, having to like walk away from it, like stroking your chin and feeling feelings. You know, mm-hmm. what's up, Adeline? <laughs> what's the mind control guy's name again? Oh, uh, Druig. Druig, him following him, his is so, so, so good. Great. I love because when you meet him, you are on his side because he's like, why are we just fucking letting the humans kill each other and do terrible things? Why are we letting them do that when we know better and we can help them? And you're like, yeah, Druid, you're right. Like, you guys are just sitting here and letting horrible Mm -hmm. things happen and and innocent people are dying and you're not doing shit about it. And that's wrong. And so he leaves and you're like, hell yeah, Druid. And then you meet up with Druid later and he's just mind controlling people like he's just protecting them from anything and everything and you're like Druig you are an asshole this isn't what you were supposed to be doing this isn't better this is just wrong in a different way and like he has that line at some Mm -hmm. point in the end where he's like I learned that I can't just fix them because then they're not human which is fine that's like the end of his arc we don't really get to see that but it right. happens. But right. like, it's just like, it's just such a good turnaround where you see it's like, yeah, this guy, he's right. And then he's wrong. And then he's right again. Like, it's yeah. so, like, yeah. you don't get that Which in a Marvel like movie. All of them. You get this person is wrong. <laughs> Even if we know why mm-hmm. they are wrong and why they feel that way, they are still wrong. Right. But to have a character that's like, they are right. And then they fuck up. And then they're still on the good guy team. They still end up doing something that's good. It's like such a, like a character yeah. arc that like we haven't seen a lot of at all. Yeah. And like, like they're movie, all wrong in a different way. <laughs> that's well, yeah. like, that's like, they are all like, they're all, they're told what is the right thing to do, like what their mm-hmm. purpose is. And they're told that that is like for the better of all of mankind, mm-hmm. all of like mm-hmm. consciousness kind. Right. Uh, and then they all learn very slowly or quickly at varying speeds mm-hmm. like is that actually what's best mm-hmm. and they don't agree mm-hmm. and they end not agreeing mm-hmm. yeah like, i love that more i love that accurate to i love that not everybody in the movie agrees anything. with each other like in civil war right. they have very good points but they're like these people think this and these people think this and then they fight and this one is like everybody thinks different things to varying amounts so we have right. to do something like i love that i love morals this moral gets trickier and trickier as our politics becomes more polarizing and more terrible in the real world. But I love morals where they're like, at the end of the day, what you think doesn't matter. It's like who you are as a person that matters. That people who will do good things will do good things no matter what their beliefs are at the at the end of the day. Because I love that. Because you see that with Icarus and Gunman. What's his Cersei. name? Oh, oh. Kingo. Kingo. Like, you see that where it... <laughs> I know all their names. They're great. I know, I, I'm, I I'm terrible call, at names. I didn't, That's not I the didn't movie think of Kingo book. as Gunman, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, which one has guns? No, he's got a little baby. Anyway. Yeah, he's got but, his little finger guns. But it's like power blast. But he has little finger guns. He has, like, guns. bam, bam. He does bam, finger man. guns. That's true. But yeah. 
but so but like between them because he's like yeah no i think that the celestials should come out of the planet like i think that's what's good like other life gets to form i understand that and i know it's a terrible sacrifice but i think that's what needs to happen but at the end of the day he's gonna help his family do what they think is right and he and i love what he says at the end of the movie he's like do you think what we did was right and he's like it doesn't matter you did what you thought you needed to do and you did it like i love that right. like i love because icarus is an asshole and so he does, well, I don't like boil him down to be an asshole, but like because he has bad morals, he does a bad thing. And because he has good morals, he does a good thing. And it doesn't matter what they believe at the end of the day, because one of them did something good and one of them did something bad. Like, it's just, it's so, right, so good. But it's not even that he has bad morals. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's literally just if, if you agree or disagree, like he's doing what he thinks is right to the most of his like capabilities. Mm-hmm. He like, he's like, actually, no, our mission isn't wrong. Because this will provide whatever trillions of mm-hmm. lives in the future. Yeah. But, well, but I like, think, can you weigh? But I... Is this a pro-life movie? It, it is. Say? But I think that... It's not a pro-life movie. <laughs> 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 but I think it's a... Not in the way that we know it. Anyway. But, the like, I, I think that this Icarus... Is, no, this is a pro-choice move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I think it was a pro-life. Never mind. What Icarus says, I think, is so good at the end of the movie. Because, like, he... I genuinely believe he thinks that he did something horrible and terrible for his beliefs. Like, he acknowledges that. Like, at the end of the day, when he's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I failed. Like, oh, I did horrible, terrible, bad, evil things for what I believed in. And that's why he throws himself into the fucking sun. Because he killed his mom and he has to live with that. Yeah. After everyone has lived and it's like he's like he's betrayed all his friends. He's killed well it's it's she's the mom. Like that's his mother figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he's killed her, he's like ruined his family dynamic, he's betrayed everybody. He's like I can't live with the fallout of this i just can't like i tried to do what was right by my morals and in order to do that i did horrible terrible things that i cannot live with so he throws himself into the sun it's so good incredible i've never seen that so good i've never seen a movie where the bad guy fails and then immediately says i'm sorry and means it and then kills himself (laughs) yeah you're like damn Damn, that's kind of hard. That's hardcore. <laughs> Goes fucking like, hard. I was bitch. sitting there. I was sitting there with my because I went to see this movie with my mom, mm-hmm. and we he hurls himself into the sun, uh-huh. and we both were like, "Yeah, I guess like yeah. we should have seen that coming," because his name is literally Icarus. Like we're stupid. You should have right? seen we're him throw himself into the sun. You should have seen it coming. <laughs> Like, honestly, why was, no one should have been surprised. Why were we surprised? Yeah, I feel like there was, like, a moment in the theater where he went, why the fuck did he just throw himself into the sun? Uh. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a universal experience. And, like, so, I mean, I, I was saying this earlier, but, like, I think that this movie, much more than any other Marvel movie, is asking you, I mean, first of all, th- this sort of thing in general, it's asking you to really put yourselves in the shoes of these characters, to care oh, about yeah. these characters, to feel complicated feelings along with them. And that is not something that Marvel movies or any big modern blockbusters really basically ever do, you know? And mm-hmm. I think, like, that requires a lot of buy-in. If you are tired of Marvel movies in any capacity, 
and you walk in with your hands on your hips even a little bit, like, there's no way it's going to get through to you on that level, you know? Yeah, I think and if you as a, like, film professional are like, fuck Marvel movies, you should not be writing reviews of Marvel movies. Like, just... Let somebody else, let someone with fresh eyes, well, even somebody who likes them. Just like when you come in and you're like, fuck it. Because I feel like all of them are. There's like a lot of them. If you if it was just one guy and he's like, I'm coming at it from like a strong perspective. I'm coming in with my hands on my hips. I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But it's everybody's coming in with their hands on their hips going, I've seen 12 Marvel movies. I don't want this one. You know? Well, wait, why do you say that? Because every Marvel movie has gotten a nearly 100 Rotten Tomatoes score for the last 10 years. No, right what now. I mean is that there's always reviews. They're like, it's just another Marvel movie. I'm so sick of Marvel movies. That is right. a prevailing opinion. Like, I know that critically they do well because people enjoy them but i feel like it's like people enjoy them but the critics the highbrow the smart people are like no this isn't actually good I mean, you guys just like it like that kind of thing uh, i heartily disagree okay well fuck me Move I on. <laughs> critics disagreeing on things is the entire point of criticism i don't think we should just but be- i'm saying that i feel like that i'm agreeing with you what you're saying when you come into this with the opinion that this is going to be bad because it's a marvel movie right i don't like your I don't think that that's a good opinion and you're not going to see the movie. It's meant well, to be seen. I mean, look, I think it's a perfectly acceptable opinion. It's not one that I hold. It's one that I disagree okay. with. But that means that's the point of criticism is to have different people with different perspectives. They're not bad at their jobs for <laughs> not liking Eternals. I guess. Okay, of... sure. Okay, Adeline. I uh, just, no, I just think it's coming in at the wrong <laughs> perspective. I don't think you're giving the movie a fair chance. I don't know. I don't want the perspective of someone who's not giving the movie a fair chance, you know? Uh, uh Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll delete this out of the podcast, apparently. <laughs> the, um, but I think that, like, the point of this movie is so... And plus, like, on top of that, the other thing I love about this movie is that the it fundamentally, like, doesn't want to make fun of itself. Oh, like, absolutely, yeah. In a lot of ways, because that mm-hmm. is, like, that is, like, the Marvel magic trick that has, that they've, like, built their empire on, right? Like, you have these crazy, ridiculous things happening, and if you have Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Pratt be like, oh, hey, get a load of Squidward over here, it gets the audience on your yeah, side. Yeah, or, you like, know? um, oh, no, it started, it started off in the X-Men when they all walked out in their black leather suits, right. and then... Like uh, Hugh Jackman's looking through, he's like, Ooh, "What's this?" And then uh, Cyclops is like, "Oh, what did you expect? Yellow spandex?" Yeah, uh, and you're like, "Get it? It's funny, haha!" Yeah. Because the co- costumes are colorful. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> like colors. it gets the audience on your side. You know, they're kind of in on the joke. You know, they yeah, they're like, "Yeah, that willing, is dumb." We're willing to accept these ridiculous things if there's sort of an audience surrogate <laughs> who kind of rolls his eyes at it. You know, mm. and. And that is, like, literally, I mean, like I said, that is what Marvel is built upon, is that attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Thor is, that's what Iron Man is, that's what Star-Lord is, that's what Ant-Man is. Like, they're doing mm-hmm. this thing constantly, and it fucking works. It's a good trick. Yeah. Um, but it, I think that is sort of the magic of this movie, is that it is perhaps the most ridiculous, the most comic booky, the most, like, you know, it's based on... Jack Kirby, I'll do my comic book corner in a minute, but, like, these Jack Kirby <laughs> comics from the 70s that are just bananas. And, like, it is fully and completely, like, it opens with a fucking crawl that's just, like, here's what's up. Here's Celestials what created the Earth. Here's what the Eternals are. It's, like, <laughs> like these ridiculous War nonsense things. for the planet of the apes. <laughs> but it, and it just tells you in a crawl with no music. It's just, like, take this seriously, please. And, you know, that <laughs> is hard yeah. to do for a lot of people. 
And yeah. I think that, like, if you're not buying into this big, ridiculous, you know, space opera epic on just, like, an immediate and, and, and you know, uh, innate level, it's that much harder for you to really get invested in the emotions and the feelings of these characters. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. And I, I, think, I think so. I, but also, I think that, like, I think that, yeah, I think something along the lines of what Adeline was saying is that some people were coming into this movie with a chip on their shoulder. Right. Um, be it from reading reviews or, um, like, not understanding what the path of Marvel is post-Infinity War saga. Right. Which I think is um, stupid because no other like series is like that, um, where they're like, um, this entire franchise can't work because uh, what are you gonna do now that there's no uh, twenty movie long arc that you're right. following? Yeah, yeah. Well, like I don't what? Know, make Excuse a movie me? about <laughs> yeah. characters. Or like, I don't understand how it fits in because why didn't they do anything about Thanos? And then they literally address it in the movie, which I think is so unnecessary right. to, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care why they didn't. They weren't. So let's move on. Like, we, There's always going to be a reason. Yeah. And that's... The, oh, why weren't the Avengers? <laughs> and that's the thing is like, you know, regardless of what critics thought about it, it Quicks. becomes that thing. It becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where it's like this movie that requires like an exceptional amount of buy-in on behalf of the audience. And if you walk mm. in knowing it has a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, you're like, okay, let's see. I don't know. Let's I don't think see. this is going to be Unroll good. the shit. Yeah. Let's yeah. see it. Let, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're not going to buy in exactly the same way. Well, and I and... think. Go ahead. <laughs> I think that like tongue in cheek, going back to what we were just talking about, like that tongue in cheek. I think the reason it works so well is because. I think that we've kind of forgotten. We've gotten so wrapped up. We talked about this for Batman Forever. Like, we've gotten so, like, wrapped up in our modern interpretation of, like, what being a superhero is and looks like and feels like that we've for kind of... Not that we've forgotten, because we're always making callbacks to it, but we've forgotten, like, what it feels like. What, like, the original, like, being a superhero felt like. And, like, I feel like this movie kind of, like... Like, uh, superheroes are silly. They've always been silly. They've always been self-righteous and ridiculous and silly. Like, it's a Superman can run faster than a train and jump (laughs) over a building and he can shoot lasers. Like, it's silly. And we've spent so long trying to make that serious, which has its pros and its cons, but, like, that's what we've been doing. We've been trying to take these silly things and make them as serious and as, like, emotional and as purposeful as we can. And I think Marvel, why that works so well with Marvel is because you are taking a very silly thing and trying to make it serious. And even that act of doing that is inherently kind of silly. So like to able to like have that tongue in cheek to be like, yeah, we know that it's silly and we know we're drawing from silly origins, but here's what we're trying to do. So like that kind of tongue in cheek, like reaching out to the audience, like I feel like is so effective. But with this movie, I feel like they just like, they, they kind of harken back to that, like, original feeling of superheroes. Of just, like, yeah, they've all got their special ability and they just, like, yeah. do it and they're cool. Like, I like... I, I feel like the trope of the Superman character being the villain at this point is a very used trope. Every time right. there's a superhero character or, or Superman character, we're like, that's the bad guy. He's going to stand for, like, white male fragility or, or capitalism <laughs> or, like, the government. Like, he's the bad guy. We all get it. Right. But, like... 
to see the little boy and he's like that's superman right there like i feel like they just like harken back to like yeah. yeah there's a guy he shoots lasers he's super cool he has so many feelings and emotions and he loves his family and like blah right. blah blah like and we just go and we're like you just we don't need to like make you like you don't need to be in on it because we're giving everything you need to know like this is who they are it's silly but we're dude this is important and they feel a lot of emotions like i don't yeah. know there just doesn't need to feel like there needs to be that like okay, let me level with the audience, like, we know too, you know, right. because they're not trying to, like, get one up on you, they're just presenting it earnestly, you know? Okay, can we... We should talk about this. I've okay. talked to you guys about this personally a few times. There has been... This is one of those, like, dumb TikTok things that I know is dumb but sticks in my cross so bad, mm -hmm. which is people learning that there is a sex scene in this movie mm. and being very <laughs> upset about it. And yeah. I think that is so dumb because look, it's so it's the it's the <laughs> shortest sex scene in the world. Right. It's not revealing at all, and it's so important to those two characters. Right. Like I, I know, have no problems with it. I know on some level that it's like, oh, I was gonna watch this movie with my parents, and I have a weird relationship with sex in my personal life. I can't handle that. I'll die. <laughs> it's like I'm fine, whatever. Fine, like that's yeah. your own problem. Who cares? Um, <laughs> but like it is just. That was so funny. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I think that it's – and it is mostly young kids. I know that. You know, when mm -hmm. I look into that ISR, yeah. people complaining about it. But there is also this, like, wider thing of, like, people don't, like – people don't like sex scenes in movies anymore, and I don't know why. And, like, it's just this weird thing of, like – and because then the thing that really made me angry was they were like, oh, there's a sex scene in Eternals. That's so bad. Why are they doing that? I was like, oh, come on, grow up. And that, but I was like, I don't know. It's a family movie. It's kids. They're seated with their families or whatever. It's like, I don't know. On some mm -hmm. level, I understand it. But then I saw a TikTok with a bazillion views and hundreds of comments being like, I just found out there's a sex scene in House of Gucci too. And I was like, no! yes, there's a sex scene That's in a House of Gucci. That's a movie, idiot. Like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? By the way, sex scene in like, House of Gucci, very from? good. Very good sex scene in House of Gucci. It's real good. It's really good. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know, because like, I would say that, like, I think it's we're at this point where people are like, oh, sex scenes? That's because of the male gaze and the white male gaze, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. But... Mm. Which is, like, fair if it's just there's a sex scene for a sex scene's sake. But mm. that is entirely antithetical to this entire movie. Mm. Right. Which is that these... It's about eternal beings who don't die. And it's incredible how they are, like, the most human, vulnerable, flawed people that we've seen so in the feelings. MCU. Like, by, by, by leaps and bounds. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Like, to the point where... They're so vulnerable. Yeah. And that is part of, that's like one of the most vulnerable things mm -hmm. is like being intimate with somebody. Yeah. And that's the point. Like they all have different vulnerabilities. And like that is the crux of the relationship between Cersei right. and Icarus. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's crucial to the film. Otherwise you wouldn't buy into it as much. You'd be like, well, like what? They like held hands one time? No. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, it's like a thousands of years. Like right. it's. Take that, Princess Diana. Not that Princess Diana, but Wonder Woman. <laughs> the Wonder Woman. Yeah. Don't you thought I was talking Princess about Spencer. Diana. I wasn't. Why don't you phrase <laughs> But she like said, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just have my brain. That's what happened yeah. to my brain. But she's like, oh, I 
like can't get over Steve. Yeah. We we had sex one time in 1912. Yeah. yeah. God, Wonder Woman 1984 sucks so fucking bad. This movie it's, it's bad. takes yeah. Wonder Woman 1984, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. it like laundry, and does a fucking slam dunk into the trash can. Yeah. Like this movie. Here's how you have yeah. immortal people have emotions. Yeah. Because it, it, the the thing with like the Superman character too is that he's always like we want to have like 1940s Superman and Lois Lane like sexless handshake relationship you know right, like yeah. so like in some Mario ways like Peach. yeah well like superman has become like this sexless figure in some yeah. ways because i feel and that, i feel like it also ties into like not in the new series not in superman the new one not in lois but what i mean is that like which is pretty good they pretty do get good. in the bathtub but not like it, when i feel like that has to do with like our society's problem with sex and sexual feelings that like superman who is our pinnacle doesn't have any sex at all and he has a girlfriend who he saves like that kind of thing so to like take that keisha turned into the glow cloud what happened (laughs) i don't know i can see both of you okay well for my screen you turned into the glow cloud (laughs) okay it's fine (laughs) is that nobody else okay sorry but it's really bad i'm so sorry but god i totally lost my train of thought but yeah, to have have the Superman character be like sexless so, Superman. Yeah, to have him be so vulnerable and flawed, and to like incorporate like, I hate to break it to you, like having sex is like a fundamental part. Like that, like I I don't mean to like throw asexuals under the bus, but like that's a part of being human. Like that's a human right. like instinct Experience. to like yeah. like it's a part of it. Like it's to to like love people and to like have sex and to like all those things. Like it's. We have so many hangups around it, but that's, like, what it is to be human, is to love people and to care about people. So, like, to have our, like, godly Superman character be so human you know in that way. Is human to love divine. Yeah, I think it's very yeah. intentional to be like, yeah, these aren't perfect <laughs> immortal statues that are standing up like this. Like, these are people with emotions yeah. and flaws and with sexual desires. Like, and we get into that with Sprite, too. Like, all these things. It's like, to be human includes all of the messiest parts of being human like yeah. includes all of the stuff all of it all the gross all the sad all the terrible all the pain all the yeah. good all the happy all the fun like it's all of it all of it together is what being human is and these eternals are human at right. their core they are and even I think, though they're like, fun robots i was thinking i drew a weird connection <laughs> i was thinking about like the relationship between like modern hollywood and sex scenes and stuff there's that great mm-hmm. piece god i wish i remembered who wrote it that i could write it down but it was called like in modern hollywood everyone is beautiful and nobody is having sex yeah about this thing where it's like you know these movie stars are becoming increasingly like statuesque and beautiful like now more than ever movie stars have to be these gorgeous people and there's Mm -hmm. like little to no sex in the movies they're like the big blockbuster movies they're involved Mm -hmm. with like basically always and it's this weird toxic thing of just like enforcing these bizarre beauty standards while also like sort of alienating sexuality from the whole equation. And I yeah. think I think that one of the 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 reasons this is happening. I think it's the same reason that like all basically all of the romances in the MCU feel so weird and perfunctory is mm-hmm. because I think it is just a them not wanting to get in trouble thing. I think so much of the dialogue around romances in movies and sex scenes in movies for so long has been about feminism, has been about inclusion, has been about, like, you know, 
uh, how female characters are treated as opposed to male characters, how sex scenes are used, does it objectify a woman, is it inappropriate for there to be a sex scene in this context, and on and on and on and on. And those are good mm-hmm. conversations to be having, and we should be having them, but the thing is, is that the, the I think the consequences of those conversations are not like Hollywood making better and more effective romances and sex scenes. It's them just being hands off and being like, we're not even going to try because we don't want to get in trouble. Like we don't mm-hmm. want to, we don't want to put a horse in this race. Mm-hmm. I think Keisha, have you watched the new episodes of always sunny in Philadelphia? I watched the first, the first one and one? a half. Okay. Well, I was going to talk about the second <laughs> one. Because the second one, I think they have a really the great point in one? that one where they're trying to write their lethal weapon seven. And they're, like, so in their heads about, like, not making it problematic that they just don't know how to fucking write a movie at all. Because, like, they... It's Mm. this weird Which is, like, to give context to the people is that the whole... The joke about the the old... Because It's Always Sunny is 15 years old. Right. Like, it's 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 like, it's been around. But, like, the joke behind the... The series is that all of the people are terrible people. They're right. horrible. So everything yeah. they do is bad. So they d- they did blackface in the Lethal Weapon uh, right. movies. Like they re- they make sequels to the Lethal Weapons where one they're always like deciding who is going to be Donnie Glover or Danny, <laughs> Danny Glover. Glover. Sorry, Donnie Glover. Donnie. Donald Glover. Donald they Donald Glover is also in it. <laughs> but Danny Glover so they they're always like doing blackface (laughs) which is terrible like that's the point is that it's terrible right like but Mm. yeah to the point that in this one they're like i did see up to this point where they're like oh we will make lethal seven but lethal weapon seven but we don't know yeah and it's like every time and it's you know i think i think this show is so smart about the way it handles this character is i think that those characters represent like actual real true evil in so many brilliant ways in the sense that like they Mm -hmm. have an awareness of social issues and they want on some level to contribute to the world being better but the instant it provides any sort of personal roadblock or inconvenience to them it gets dropped Mm -hmm. immediately like that Mm -hmm. is like fundamental to the way those characters behave which i think is so perfect it's hilarious and like the way they approach like writing that script in that show they're like well, we can't do this, and we can't do this, and, like, well, then I don't even know. Like, it's so easy to just write a script and be conscientious about what you're doing, but when you're so paranoid about getting in trouble, it's all mm-hmm. you can think of. It becomes this weird self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, or if you don't really care, and right. you just don't want to get in trouble. Exactly. It's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's just the way I think about Hollywood trying to write romances and sex scenes now. They just yeah. don't want to... Mm-hmm. They just are like, oh, well, and I mean, it doesn't matter. We've and, talked about this before, and it comes up with, like, gay representation and stuff like that a lot, where if the representation isn't perfect, it gets torn to shreds, and then right. what we end up with is mm-hmm. no representation, Nothing. because the representation that we get just gets obliterated. If there's a problem with it, doesn't matter what the problem is, doesn't matter how small, doesn't matter what's going on with the rest of the piece, if that mm-hmm. if there's something wrong with it, it just, it's bad, it's problematic, it gets deleted, it's cancelled. Yeah. And, like, not, I hate people are like, I hate cancel culture, because that, it turns into so many different things. But, like, in that aspect, like, the way that we police representation mm-hmm. needs to be relaxed, because the people... Because then it, tur- it turns around on the people who are doing... Like, it turns around on gay creators who don't right. want to make things that are gay the because themselves. they'll get yeah. torn apart. Or a woman director can't have a sex scene in a movie or she'll get torn apart. Like, right. it's... Yeah. It, it, like, turns yeah. around and attacks the person it's supposed to be helping. So it's right. just, like, it's... it's Stop. Like, the problem yeah. isn't with sex scenes. 
And the sex scenes that people do have a problem with, they should have a problem with. But there can be good sex scenes, we just need to look at the context and how it's being used and like what are they doing because like the one in Eternals is an excellent sex scene. Like it serves a purpose in the story, it's not objectifying, like it's like it it tells you so much about the characters, it's so important to their relationships. Like it's a good, it's a great sex scene because it was done well. Like I wish it were a little bit hotter. It's a little, it's a little like, It you know, is two robots up. who have never had sex before. They're, you have to right. remember that. I was a little just <laughs> like, I was, in my mind, I was like, Chloe Zhao's putting a sex scene in the Turtles. Fuck yeah. I was like ready for it. And then it was like, you know, like a few seconds. I was surprised that there was thrusting. I didn't think there would there be was. thrusting. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Not exactly the most physically it exciting. Is, it is two I robots who have never had I sex think before. It's I think that's what it would be like. Ah, uh, whatever. Uh, You're like, you want a House of Gucci sex scene in an eternal <laughs> yes, movie? Go to it, House right? of I want Gucci. that one exactly. <laughs> Get in the Gucci house. <laughs> Where they're fucking on the coffee table. <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean, yeah, like that's what's work, so great about this... her dad's business. <laughs> but that's what's so great about this movie is that it's like it's fucking romantic in so many different directions. Oh, yeah. Like there is so much about it, and it's not because, and that's the perfect thing is like you can argue so much about like, oh well, you know, it doesn't always have to be like you know literal objective like sexual relationships like why does you know all important relationships have to come down to that but this movie doesn't even have that like it Mm. has like these Mm. relationships between these characters in so many different directions there's you know like there is Icarus and Cersei like having a a marriage a sexual physical relationship there's you know uh, Angelina Jolie and Ma Dong Sok you know, having just like this sort of like yeah, freaking oh, Gilgamesh, the best character in the movie, partnership. You know that is We're not so necessarily yeah. established as romantic. There's you know Brian Tyree Henry finding his like mortal yeah. husband. They're like they've and like unrequited love between they have, and they have a child Icarus, together. And they're just like Makari and and Druig just kind of having their little thing, their little like yeah, that's so cute. Back and like forth oh, and so it's cute. so good. And there's like well, so much about this movie that is so like built around like poor little Kit Harrington love and, and relationships like, oh, with each other. I forgot his name again, but Gun Hand Man. King Go. How can King you forget King Go? I'm sorry, I don't remember what his name is. But like, he's the best. That Bollywood scene. First of all, I love that Bollywood scene. It's so much fun. Like, yeah. it's just like it's fun. But uh, the way that he like looks at that girl, and the way when we see like all of his posters where he's all like holding like the different women, he's been fucking for like a thousand million oh, yeah. years. Like, let's just, like get he that out of the it. way. Like, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Like, don't and, even sweat it. He's yeah. definitely just and been just, a hoe his whole life. <laughs> and it, like, represents, like, love for individuals and for each other. And the relationship that Kingo and his valet have, too, like, I mean, has well, its even, own, like, abstract thing. I think it's so well, great. There's like, so many it's different. kind of played as a joke, but even, like, the relationship he has with, like, the people in his movies, like, there's that, like, scene where he's like, we gotta, like, wrap it up. Like, you gotta go help your family. But he's like... But I'm like doing a thing here and it's important to all yeah. the people who are working on it. And yeah. like that's this is their livelihood and their careers and their passions. And it feels like an asshole yeah. move to just abandon them. And they're like, he's like, your family needs you. And then it's kind of he says that while he's looking at the crew. Right. He's like, your family needs you. So like there's obvious like obviously there's a lot of just like love of people going on. Yeah. Which is great. Well, I, I think that's which boils down to like the whole point of the movie. Yeah. Which I feel like is so different than other Marvel movies, which is usually like you have to do the right thing, like do the right thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas this movie says like life is inherently precious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
at whatever stage, um, like however length or whatever you do, mm-hmm. which makes it like really complicated because this then is Rose all of the characters pulling Finn out of the big laser cannon <laughs> yes. thing. This is yes. exact. That's the whole <laughs> yes. movie. You know how you see yes. that scene and you're like, but oh yeah, my god, this the- is so powerful. That's the whole movie. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, but like they all, they all. D- prescribe that in a different way Mm -hmm. which makes it complicated but that's what makes it good is that despite which is like completely different than like this movie feels similar to um like uh invincible Mm -hmm. where like omni-man is like yeah well like how can i care about these people because they are literally ants to me and they have the lifespan of whatever Mm -hmm. and my wife is my wife for sure right now but she's also like kind of a pet to me because right. she lives for what like one one billionth of my lifespan <laughs> but this movie like that doesn't even come up yeah. that's mm-hmm. not even just relevant so unconditionally because, about about people in life yeah, yeah like cersei is in a relationship with someone and so is um wait what is his name the who the one who does technology oh fastos yeah yeah oh like hephaestus they right. all have and they all have fun i love I love dumb mythological historical names. That's <laughs> my bread and butter. But and I forget all of them, but They have relationships. Them. I do think that was sort and of part of the problem with this movie is like as it was coming out, they were releasing those like character posters. People were like, what the fuck is this? There's like Cersei yeah. and Kingo and Gilgamesh and Fastos. People were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> are Why are you trying to make me care about this? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I like it. Like, you want I, oh, yeah, I love it. Because- I think it's great. They bring it up and they bring it up in the movie. I know, I know you like it. I'm bringing, I'm yeah. talking to the people. Yeah. I'm talking to the people. This is why it's like good. It. When they said, they said, I don't like that. But they say, they, Sprite's like, yeah, I made up that, I made up that story about Icarus because he was being a little bee hole. But it's, which is like more character building that she's always loved him. Right. And so she's like, She's like telling these like fake stories about. Yeah, she him. immortalized like, oh, him. Yeah, classic among the people. Like, yeah. yeah, they've all been. They all have, but you know, like that's fun. That's what makes it fun. Sorry, I think but, I like they you. all treat saying? people. I I was just saying that like all of the characters treat people with like preciousness, mm-hmm. despite whatever. Like, and that's fun, and that's different, and you wouldn't expect that from people who are literally cannot die unless they're. Murdered by each other or the deviants. Well, I think it's so good. I think that's where my one flaw comes from. Yeah, I mean, this movie is, I think that's a lot of what people get bogged down in when they're like ripping on this movie is like, there's a lot of stuff. The like main conflict and like they made the deviants in order to be predators, but it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So then they made the Eternals and then like, but the deviants are actually just like kind of people. And then like the deviant like weirdly like switches sides at the end and you're like, wait, I'm a little confused about what yeah. your ideology is. Well, but like, you know, I don't know. Little things, I, little I, I I think almost, I just think it's the I almost really like that I, switch with the deviant. I like when he I like when we're like fighting Icarus and we all come in and the deviant comes in and just like punches Icarus into the ground. It's like, yes. Well, cause I wanted them to turn around. Because once they figure out what their purpose is and what's going on, there's no reason for the Eternals to not like the Deviants. They are the same thing. Like, that was the thesis. Like, Mm -hmm. we are the same thing made by the same guy. He just likes you less, so we have to kill you. Like, I wish the thesis would have been 
you're our big little brother now. I wanted that to be the thesis right, yeah. of like you well, like I obviously think, we've I, been pit against each other for no no reason. And like we all acknowledge that now and we're mm-hmm. like deeply sorry about that. Like in the same way that Icarus was deeply sorry about everything that he did, I wanted them to all be deeply sorry about what they did to the variants. Right. And like to have that moment where well, it's yeah, like it's the like variant the- is like, I don't want the planet to be destroyed. I live here. This is right. my house too. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Like Well, it's like the killmonger problem, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, actually kind of like, Wakanda is in the wrong mm-hmm. for, like, leaving people yeah. out and being cool with all these things. But it doesn't justify the fact that Killmonger uh, killed a bunch of people. <laughs> like, you can't be a murderer. Like, that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. That's, that's where I was like, oh, man, like, the Deviant should have just gotten away. Like, and I yeah. think this... Like, that should be something that's addressed in the but, future. I would have loved that. But Thena killing but, like, him is the dopest scene <laughs> It's good. It's a it's, good action it's sequence. It's so good. Yeah, it's but... a good sequence. Uh, no, I think this movie really works as, like, an allegory for, like, privileged, sort of, like, wealthy white people sort of, like, waking up and sort of acknowledging the reality of the world around them in the first, mm-hmm. you know, place. Because on the one hand, it's like, you know, especially in the face of, like, you know, coronavirus, that sort of thing. It's like, I. it's this thing where it's like... They're, mm-hmm. you know, talking amongst themselves. They're like, oh, we have this debate. Like, should we do this or should we do should that? We should we save these people thing? or whatever? Yeah. And the humans around them are like, obviously, yes, please save us. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. this sort of like next strata down of society of like the people it actually affects as opposed to like the upper class people who are just like having an intellectual discussion about what they should do about it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. like a tier yeah. below that becomes like the, the deviants who were just, like, chewed up and spit out and destroyed and killed and just resentful of everything, who are just angry. Like, you mm-hmm. know, the humans are doing their yeah. own thing. Like, they have their own so. problems. Yeah. But, like, the variants are just, like, you know, cannon fodder. And, like, it becomes this thing where it's, like, the humans don't really know any better and they're, you know, they're kind of passive, but, like, they're still, like, you know, facing the consequences of these decisions as opposed to the variants who are, like, the bottom tier of the ladder who are just trying to do whatever they can to survive and not be hunted for sport, you know? I mm-hmm. think this movie has a lot to say about, like... I mean, you could you could say explicitly class, but, I mean, especially if you're looking at, like... You know, we're all talking about Roe v. Wade right now. If you're looking at this as, like, a pro-choice, mm-hmm. pro-life sort of allegory, like, humans sort of become, like women in the world where people are like hmm, well I don't know should we should we do this or do that humans become women and then like the, <laughs> I can't say that yeah. but then like the people it actually affects are like obviously please do this thing that for our benefit mm-hmm. like we need this and you know but then the people above are like well I don't know could it be this or that or is it the uh, right is, thing exactly. to do it yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think like another thing like if, if there is sort of a central thematic tie in the MCU, I think it is, like, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I th- You know, it's that whole thing mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, Captain America sacrifices himself to go down in the water to save everybody. Oh, in Infinity War, Thanos wants to sacrifice yeah. half the life in the universe for the greater good. And the fundamental uh, idea of that movie <laughs> is that they are, that's not acceptable. Like, sacrifice mm-hmm. on, that, on that level, sacrifice of human life is not acceptable. But it's never really an actual dilemma. You know, like... Thanos mm-hmm. presents his point of view, but there's no moment where the heroes in Infinity War are like, I don't know, should we let him do it? Like, maybe this is for the best. There's no, like, Watchmen thing where it's like, maybe, you know, maybe this is actually for the best. But 
Like, I feel like this movie is actually engaging with those themes in a deep and complicated and intellectual mm-hmm. way, in a way that all these Avengers movies, you know, sort of have, like, casual lip service to. They're like, oh, obviously mm-hmm. our perspective is that it's not good. Vision wants to sacrifice himself to get rid of the Infinity Stone to stop Thanos, but they won't let him. Like, it's this thing. Like, don't sacrifice human life for some supposed greater good. But this movie, like, actually is, like, asking harder and more interesting questions about the idea of sacrifice and what level of, of collateral damage you're willing to accept mm-hmm. in order to to make things better for everyone else involved. I mm-hmm. just think this movie works so well on so many different levels. I just mm-hmm. think it's fucking well, the, great. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. Well, because the whole thesis of the movie is life is precious. Right. But then it's like taking that bumper sticker and being like, what does that actually mean to anybody like to be like life is precious we are talking about the uncontrollable chaotic nature of the universe like the billions of people that like don't do not exist yet but could exist Mm -hmm. or are we talking about the people that we know and we love who are here right now is that the life that is precious like it is so when you look at that thesis it is so explicitly a pro-choice narrative like it's just like (laughs) there's like no way around Mm -hmm. it like it's just it's so good. Feel emotions. It's fun. It's fun to feel emotions. <laughs> There's so many feelings in this movie. There's so many feelings. I love all the feelings There's in so it. There's so many feelings. And, but they're, and they're all valid to a point where you mm-hmm. can yeah. see from, like, Druid's point of view and be like, yeah, actually, no, that's messed up. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't also messed they up. They give you a level like, of understanding of every single side, which is so... <laughs> Yeah, right. good. Well, because I love the like the tent, like the big, that what we are like coming, like the head of the movie, is like as we are like building up to it. It's like okay, we know that this thing is gonna happen. We just have to find a solution before that happens. And also the variants are here, so we got to deal with them too. But like it's it was such a like a calm, like obviously we're rushed and like we're in a panic. But like I like that the conflict was just like we need to figure something out quickly. And we need to do it before this happens, and then afterwards we can figure out something else to do. Like, I liked right. that just, like, calm, like, understanding, like, intelligent kind of thing that we had to do. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it, like, gets chaotic, and then we, like, have the big fight. And, like, oh, God, like, the fight with the curse at the end is so good. Like, all that stuff and is so great. it looks so good. It's shot outside. Yeah. It's shot on a real ass beach. beach. So good. And when he's, like, being, like, tethered like, into the earth, and he's just, like, yelling, and Hephaestus is just, like, fuck you. Like, it's so good. So good. Yeah. And I like I I think it's incredible that they change their minds sometimes. Yeah. Like some of them change their minds and some of them stay like stick with their guns. Um and they all do it at different times, which is so mm-hmm. cool. But that is why like I just I just wish that like Thena like at the very end was like, No, I'm not gonna kill you. Yeah. Like yeah. I can see yeah, how yeah, we're yeah. the no, same. That now. is like yeah. the moment like, in this movie that's that the I only think thing. fully and completely does not make sense. Like we yeah, establish yeah. Mm-hmm. what the deviant's whole deal is. Like thematically it doesn't yeah. it just doesn't so feel like it fits. End, but also that's kind of life. Well, yeah, I mean but so like then at the end the deviant yeah. comes and they're fighting, you know, they're trying to save the planet, which is what the deviant wants, but then the deviant just like shows up and starts fighting the rest of the Eternals for no particular reason, and it's like not even really explained. So like, well, I don't he's know what like, the deal you killed all of us, so I'm mad at you. I no mean, matter I guess what. so. Yeah. I mean, if I were to 
you know, but that if just I were feels to write it for the movie, happens. if I were to fill in the blanks with what I would like in my own head, do the movie the work that the movie didn't do, mm-hmm. I'll be like, he's just bitter. Like, he doesn't understand the situation. He's not on the inside of this whole discussion. He mm-hmm. just wants to take this opportunity to eliminate the Eternals. He doesn't think that they mm-hmm. should have the decision-making power that they have, regardless of what they're trying to do right now. Of what's that might going be something, on, yeah. But that's not in the movie. <laughs> so, you know, well, that's he does have that line. When he first gets his big brain, he right. says, I'm going to kill all of you because you killed all of us. And then mm-hmm. he, like, disappears into the mist. And then he comes back later. Well, it's like you think, you assume that he's been on the beach the whole time and is just now showing up to punch Icarus. So you think that he's a part of the conversation, mm-hmm. but the fact that he attacks everybody else. Kind of says otherwise. They do attack him first. He does come to help, and then Hephaestus, like, slaps him or whatever. So, like, it is... Like, obviously there is a tension going on there that should have just been explored more in the moment, and because it wasn't, it kind of falls flat and doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Yeah. when I said that it was cool that Thena killed him, I do not mean narratively at all. Narratively, it's garbage, but I, like... Yeah, the scene itself is very cool without the context surrounding it. I just think that it that it drops the ball in that like like life is precious at all levels. Right. Like yeah. where like you see they care about the humans and they care about whatever, but then you're like, oh, I guess yeah, like deviants don't matter though, mm-hmm. even though they literally are cognizant and conscious and said like, uh, you guys aren't as good as you think you are. And then they were like, oh yo, those deviants were right. Yeah, they're but, like, you're the bad guys. Friend, so and they were like, just from your perspective. And then they learned it. And they were like, oh, from all yeah. perspectives. You're like, from my, from my perspective, the Jedi are evil. Yeah. You know? like, you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you're right, I guess. Uh, okay, here's a conversation I've been seeing play out. Barry Keegan, actor who plays Druig. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes, Killing yes. of the Sacred Deer. He's in The Green Knight for a minute. He's in Dunkirk. Uh, Hot or not? Mm, he's not got, my type. He's got one of I, those faces. When we talk about like casting for the 1930s, and like you can like pick a guy that like looks like he's from the 30s, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's yeah. got one of those faces. I feel like he's hot in a specific circumstance. I'm gonna say cute. He's I'm very cute. That's more hot. valid. I think he's very charismatic in this movie. I yes. think that yes. his sort of like angsty assertiveness in this movie is a very attractive quality. No. But it's but it's the Chalamet effect. It's, well, it's not not like assertiveness in like a gross sexual way. I just mean like No, no, I'm saying up yeah, it's like oh. yeah, I think that it's like Ladybird Chalamet. Exactly. Yeah, and I think like that got... does a lot. But in a skinny and he way. He is weird enough looking that there's something going on. It's the Adam Driver, Dave Bautista thing where you're like, but this I'm is a weird in... looking man. I don't think he's hot like, though. No, like, I would Adam Driver maybe Adam Driver's cute. hot. Yeah, Adam Driver's extremely hot. Adam Driver's very attractive. Well, and I think it's because like Adam like Driver is muscular. Like he has, like he's got a tone to yeah, him occasionally. Big. Depends on the role, but like he's got, he's like a man, and this looks like a boy who is. It's Timothy Chalamet from Lady Bird. Like, he's learning about stuff, and he's got the right idea, but he's so damn angsty about a thing that he doesn't really have the right to be angsty about, kind of? I don't but know. Like, it just, it does feels, those flirting scenes... Those are in, cute. Like, those are real stuff, cute. You're like, oh, man. 
I just can't separate that type of like personality from like the like toxic internet boy, even if it's like the well-meaning toxic internet boy. Like he just had, he just gives me that vibe. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, not hot. <laughs> I don't think he's hot. Uh, can I, can I dive into a comic book corner for a minute? Do you guys yeah, mind? Yeah, go ahead. I got so, it. I got some laundry I gotta do. I am especially (laughs) fascinated by the Eternals. uh, Because it's like a great comic book story. So, Jack Kirby, if you don't know, he's like the legendary Marvel artist. The man. Yeah, he he was uh, at Timely Comics before Stan Lee was. He designed Captain America. He designed the Fantastic Four. He's Stan Lee's dad. No. Uh, Are you sure? (laughs) No. You know, Ant-Man. Have uh, you done a paternity uh, test? (laughs) Uh, Iron Man, like, all these guys. He's, like, one of the fundamental creative forces behind Marvel. Yeah, he's Um, the guy. He's just absolutely nailing it all through the 60s for Marvel. And then in, I believe, 1971, DC was like, Jack, we'll pay you a gazillion dollars and let you do literally whatever you want if you come here and be exclusive with us. And he was like, that sounds sick. It'd be fun to work in a different space. Why not? So he goes to DC... And he writes and illustrates like four different series over the course of 10 years. He does. He tells this it's called the fourth world epic. And that's like, you know, it takes place in between a series called new gods and a series called Mr. Miracle and a series called, and that's where Mr. Miracle comes from. That's where dark side comes from. A lot of the Snyder cut, like Steppenwolf stuff is like a lot based on this Jack Kirby stuff. And it's all about these, you know, very like, you know, sort of statuesque like space guys who fly around and have this team and are (laughs) defeating these large-scale cosmic evils you know like the most like that's like jack kirby's whole thing um Mm. the original zack snyder exactly and he does that for like 10 years and he i checked this out from the library i wish i still had it there's like a collection of like jack kirby's work at dc that's like fucking this giant thick hardcover thing and that's like literally him writing and illustrating these entire things like it's all him it's crazy um and then like at the end of the 70s marvel's like you're doing so well for dc can you come back please because we'll also let you do whatever you want if you come back and he was like ah yeah i kind of miss marvel why not um and so he comes back to Marvel in like Ms. 1979. Marvel. Yes, true, fair. Um, I miss Miss Marvel. <laughs> but it comes back to Marvel in like 1979, and he's he, so and he creates Eternals. That's like his like blank check at Marvel. He's just like, yeah, Eternals. Let's figure it out. And it's like, yeah, that's his treasure plan. Exactly. It's like 80 percent the same thing as what he was doing at DC. He was like, I'll come up with a different squadron of space guys. But it's just like, you know, yeah. these guys, they're flying we around. Space guys. Um, and so uh, that's like the most fascinating thing about the Eternals. I, this is just my own personal thing. I was fascinated by some of these casting decisions in this movie because sort of, so like Jack Curry does that in the seventies and then they were kind of characters. Uh, Roy Thomas wrote a run that was like right after Jack Kirby finished. They were like, yeah, the Eternals are like our next big character. And they kind of weren't. So they just kind of let it go for a little while. Um, and you know, they're still like around the show. They baby Moses did down the river. Yeah. Um, but then in, uh, like 2005, I think somewhere around there, Neil Gaiman wrote this eternal series, uh, with John Romita Jr. That's like totally iconic. Uh, it's like seven issues. And the bit is basically just that like the, the Eternals are like dormant. They're just like 
living among us as people, and they don't even know. Um, until the celestial starts to be sort of born out of the universe or out of the earth and they have to sort of be awakened. And it's about them like sort of realize, like one of them uh, realizes they are eternal and then they have to like seek out all the other ones and like wake them up so they can team up and form the Unimind to stop the celestial. Um, But it's very, it's like so Neil Gaiman. It's like, oh, the cost of immortality and like, you know, what Mm -hmm. is it like the, the, the difference between being a god and being a human? Like, it's a lot of like leftover ideas from American gods. It's super good. Um, (laughs) But uh, the thing that's fascinating about that though, is like one of the main subplots from that iconic series is Makari and Cersei being uh, in a romance. And in, in the movie, Makari is gender-flipped. Uh, Makari is a dude in the comics. But in this iconic Eternals comic book, Makari is this, like, sort of nerdy, like, vaguely brown, you know, sort of, like, intellectual small guy. And Cersei is this, like, tall, sort of aggressive, beautiful, dark-haired seductress, sort of. And that's, like, the relationship that they're building. And when they were announcing this movie... They cast, you know, they announced the cast first. They were like, here are the Eternals. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I saw, like, you know, right up at the top of the building, at the billing, they were like, Kumail Nanjiani, Angelina Jolie. I was like, oh, hell yes. I know exactly what they're doing here. (laughs) Yeah. And they absolutely were not doing that. (laughs) Because a little bit Mm -hmm. later, they, like, assigned the characters to those names. And I was like, oh, I thought I knew what was going on, but I don't oh, at all. Yeah. They were like, we're going to make Angelina Jolie blonde. It'd be a different one. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, sure, whatever. Okay, but her performance is the What she does so, so well, though. Good. Yeah, so good. This is, like, one like, of the only movies Angelina Jolie's been good in <laughs> in, like, the last 20 she's years. She's so good. She's yeah. so like, good. Okay, let me, like, preface that. This was one of the things where I had a hesitation, where I was like, oh, she's just going to, she's going to Angelina Jolie it, right. where it's just... Like, when you see her in a movie, you're, like, you cannot separate who she is as, like, an entity and a human being in our world Mm -hmm. from whatever the movie is positing, which is so distracting. And in this movie, she's so, like, she's still strong and, like, Mm -hmm. good at fighting and Mm -hmm. does all of the, like, action sequences that you'd assume that she would Mm do. But the way that they make her vulnerable in that she's sick and, like, wants to maintain who she is as a person and like her memories of the people that she loves is so out of left field for something you'd expect her to do Mm -hmm. that it's just like so believable it's so good and like she's not like sexual overly sexualized Mm -hmm. which is like what you'd expect from an angelina jolie role like she's just like in a content platonic like relationship Mm -hmm. with like someone that she sees like a brother a friend whoever Mm -hmm. Like, and she just, like, drinks tea <laughs> right. and and wants to be herself. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so good. good. Every single person is so great in this. Oh, they're like, all just batting at a hundred. And sports. I love... They're so I, good. And I love the casting. A thousand. A hundred is batting. batting. Like, <laughs> batting they're 100. all batting ten. It's so good. They're, like, one out of ten. Uh, but, like, I think, like, not only is every single person so good in this, but also, mm-hmm. like, just this casting where they're all just these, like, insanely beautiful people while yeah, also like being, like, so deeply human is so great. 
And, like, the fact that yeah. you are able to sell Kumail Nanjiani as this just, like, insanely beautiful movie star is so great, and I'm so happy for him. I love Kumail I know. so he much. He did a lot of work for that, too. Um, he was in the gym. He was working. <laughs> right. Not one shirtless scene. I know. It's rude, honestly. Well, the, 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 the narrative <laughs> but, like, yeah, that he's, but like, the geeky, not attractive guy shirtless. is mean. You don't he need for him to have a shirtless scene in this movie to, to play, because... His entire body, his face looks different. Like his it does. face changed this is true. because of how But like, let him show it off a little yeah. bit. Like they had that, you know, in, <laughs> in Captain America two, in the friggin' Winter Soldier, when when Chris Evans he'd been going so hard right. in the gym, and they were like, put in this helicopter they were, like, scene for you, the helicopter, yeah. and he like pulled a muscle in, or like a popped a vein yeah. or whatever. Yeah, hurt him. Like, like, <laughs> like Paul Rudd and Ant Man, he gets a couple of shirtless yeah. scenes. Freaking yeah. Give him a victory yeah. lap, man. Jeez. Um, but that's the thing about this movie. Like, it's so good because they all look so different. And, like, you can go down the list and you're like, oh, Asian-American woman as the lead? Crazy. And they all, like, mind you, have their own strengths and weaknesses. Right. But they're all, like, taken legitimately at face value mm-hmm. as, like, these are strong superheroes. Mm-hmm. But you have a gay, black, overweight man, just right. as strong. Yeah, like, just as amazing. Uh, Middle yeah. Eastern, like, perceived brown man, right. um, a child, well, like oh, a, a little love. white girl. An like, Irish weirdo uh, and a Scottish uh, supermodel. Black, yeah. Like, <laughs> person <laughs> with, with a disability yeah. taken at face value yeah. is so yeah. good. Well, it's I so love, good. What I love about this, well, especially the way that it treats its female superheroes, was that there was never a moment, this always fucking happens with female superheroes, where they're like, but my power is just this. I'm, I can't, I'm so weak. I just have this feminine power. Like, that never happened. Like, she's not like, I can't punch as good as you guys. I can only turn stuff into other stuff. Like, I feel right. like that, like, the conversation was, we need you to do this very specific thing, and we don't know if you are able to do that. Like, that was the conversation. It right. wasn't her just being like, oh, I have my, I can only talk to animals and control water. How am I going to be able to right. do it, you know? Like, that conversation wasn't a part of it. And I was like, thank God that you gave, you gave your female superhero a power that is very powerful, and she uses it in a very powerful way. She right. turns a bus into a pile of roses. Like, she turns a guy into a marble statue. Like, it's incredible. I like, love that moment oh, where so Makari good. is punching Icarus, where she, like, throws him against the, the like, cliffside, and just, like, you know, comes at him over and over again, and, like, the wall behind him, like, turns into molten rock. It's from, so like, good. the force of him getting the shit beat out of him. It's so great. And so, uh, and yeah, basically the end of my comic book corner is basically like, so there was that, I really thought they were going to be pulling a lot more from that Neil Gaiman series than they were, but they didn't end up really doing that. Uh, cause a lot of the stuff in this movie is just like the very baseline, like Jack Kirby seventies stuff Mm. where it's just like, like that OG story. Yeah. yeah, Here's these space weirdos that are created by the celestial and blah, blah, blah. Like they didn't Mm -hmm. really, as far as like adaptations go, they they don't really have like a like, a take on it. They don't really have, like, a weird, like, left-field approach. They're just sort of like, yeah, I don't know, it's Jack Kirby. It's they're, they're the Eternals. Which is part of what's refreshing about it. They don't feel like they have to be, like, okay, so, like, obviously the audience isn't gonna like this, so maybe they have to be people first, or, like, what if mm-hmm. they do that? They're just like, oh, we no, have they're to space humanize weirdos. them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and um, what I really like, with 
the the story well it, it's one of those weird things where the original did it first but the remake is doing it now after other people have also done it it's the right. dune effect where the there's a thing in the earth and it's going to come out of the earth oh no what do we do my first uh like interaction with that story idea is with steven universe and the whole thing with steven universe it's very similar to this movie the thesis is just like love feel it <laughs> it's fun right. to feel emotions that kind of thing so the what they do in spoilers for steven universe what they do in steven universe is that they just talk to the thing that's going to come out of the planet and they're like hey what if you just accepted love and didn't do that? What if you just stayed in the planet? Would you be cool with that? And it's like, yeah. And then it's like their friend in the side of the planet. I really thought that's what we were going to do with the Celestial. Because we've... It, it goes back to the kind of the morality of like how we're treating our quote-unquote villains. Like it's the same. Where it's like the... he Like the Celestial is not evil he's not no. doing any like he he's just waking up he's just getting up and that just comes with the consequence of killing everybody at the planet and maybe he doesn't even know that we don't know what the celestials know maybe he's not a part of the conversation right like so i kind of wanted when they were like we can form a big mind and we can just put him to sleep and then we can deal with it later i was like are they gonna have a big celestial friend who's like <clears throat> I get it. I can stay right. down here. That's cool. Like, that's what I wanted. Like, I wanted that, like, love and the family and the talking, making your dad go to therapy. Like, that's the that's the conversation that I wanted. But we didn't do that, and it's fine, and it's really cool that we turn him into a big statue. Turns but I just wanted... into a big marble statue it's the so size of cool. a planet. God, it rips so hard. It's so cool. But it's, I just felt sad. I thought we could have had a big friend, and then we didn't have a big friend. <laughs> Um, well, but yeah, now, now they're about to be judged by the other Celestial. Yeah, well, end. so now their real dad is like, you kill, yeah. you turn my kid into a big marble up. statue. Uh, you better have a good reason. Say, uh, the Eternals run that's going on right now by, uh, Kieran Gillen and, uh, uh, Asad Ribic is insanely good. Cause it's just like, it's about them. Uh oh, we lost Keisha. Yeah. She's having audio difficulties. Oh, Okay. Um, I'll just keep talking then. Uh, is just about them, like, in their, like, sort of, like, center of the earth, like, Eternals layer, just, like, mm -hmm. running around and having their own drama, like, in there and, like, their whole system. Because, like, part of the whole thing is, like, oh, they could be reincarnated if they die. They have a machine that, like, rebuilds them from scratch or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the premise is, like, that stopped working for some reason and they're all, like, freaking out and trying to get it figured out. And, like, Thanos shows up and they're like, oh, crap. And, like, <laughs> it's not literally, now, it's not, like, you know, planet scale, whatever. It's, like, literally just their, like, internal. Just their like, thing. Their yeah. thing happening inside their own weird layer. And it's got this really weird sort of, like, dry humor to it in a way that's super fascinating. I think the Eternal series right now is very, very good. It's maybe my favorite Eternal series. The after credit scene made no sense to me and I didn't like it because here's the thing I know they were like we're gonna go find the other Eternals they go for like two weeks and they're like oh, we haven't friends on earth because we all got we all saw them get grabbed up by uh what's his face what's his face the celestial I don't know by the celestial big guy big man and so we saw them all get snatched up from earth and they were out in space so they didn't get snatched so they're mm -hmm. like what happened to our friend and then this fucking guy with his stupid animal sidekick is like hey here I am, I am also an Eternal. We're like, great. 
yeah and that was like and then it ended than that I don't know. I guess I just, it felt like a weird way to inter- introduce the character. I don't know. I thought, and, I thought of you immediately, Keisha. I was like, I knew about Harry Styles ahead of time. And I know that that would be exciting for you. But then I was like, <laughs> Harry Styles and Patton Oswalt doubleheader? Like, oh shit. Like, Keisha's going to go fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Play to your audience. Yeah. They did. They did. <laughs> just that. they did, and as we've established, we are the only audience right. for this film. Uh, yeah, but they're really, they're really batting a thousand for the things that I like. Yeah, they, they said, are. Play all the things likes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> play the hits. But uh, one direction. I mean, look, Pip the Troll is a very important Marvel studio or Marvel Comics character. He's in the Infinity War. He's like a major player in the Infinity War comic. Oh, he's is he? just like a little Asgardian troll who's like a doofus, but you know, he's like a crass weirdo, but you know, he's around. Um, okay. I look fine. <laughs> uh, and then Star Fox is great. Uh, I know Star Fox. Arabs. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. that was the thing. I will always remember there was like a Tumblr post that was going around for a while that was like, I think it would be really funny if Thanos had like a twin brother who was like an evil twin. And he was like, my whole thing is not to kill people. It's to like make people it's all about fucking like somebody just riffing and someone was like mm-hmm. that literally is what the thing is literally he yeah. has a brother named star fox whose real name is arrows and he's all about fucking like this is yeah. real. <laughs> like this is real you, you ain't up. slick yeah jim starlin did this in the 80s like yeah <laughs> he did some cocaine and he just went off all ideas have already been ideas yeah well this yeah but yeah but it's like literally in marvel comics Thanos has a brother who's horny. Like that is that is real. Uh, that's it. Yeah, and that's that's one of the weird things people are like, because they try to. Thanos is like kind of an eternal, like that's always mm-hmm. sort of been his thing, and it's sort of like kind of confirmed considering that like Eros is really specific, Star Fox is really specifically an eternal, being the brother of mm-hmm. Thanos. Um, the idea so- for a long time was sort of that he was like the child of two Eternals who was not an Eternal. And that's why he was like cast out when Jason Aaron wrote like a Thanos origin story in like 2012. He was mm-hmm. like, I think Thanos is like a mutant, like the X-Men. Like Thanos yeah. is a, an Eternal who is also a mutant. That's why he was cast out. And that's why he is the way he is. That's fun. But I like for that. Like, tw- for like 30 years, the thing was literally just like, He's ugly, so his parents got rid of him. Like he got Hephaestus. Like Hephaestus. He got thrown off yeah. the mountain. Yeah, uh, he was just well, like an ugly weirdo for no particular reason, and that's why he's evil. <laughs> so, so when when Thanos, his whole thing is he's like, my planet got destroyed, and I was real sad about it. So I'm gonna make sure that doesn't happen to anybody. And it, he has that flashback where you see when it's prospering. Is that the is that the Eternals planet that doesn't actually exist? maybe or or because like in that flashback the people in the background are like kind of purple so it's kind of like implied that he's like the last of an alien race which is why it looks like that which if his brother if it's like actually like his biological brother that's he's just a hot he's harry styles he's just a hot guy well yeah i don't know i have a lot of questions (laughs) does he just make himself look like that like doesn't seem to really mesh with the actual like comics lore i'm sure they're gonna figure it out in their own terms yeah, I'm sure they'll come back and tell us in a year, and we'll be like, yeah. okay, that's fine. But for right now, I'm like, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> Where are we? Where am I? 
It's exactly like in um you know the you know the show The Good Place where Michael looks uh, like a human being but he's really a six story tall fire squid. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Where he's like I Actually, I look like Thanos, but I got this meat suit that I wear that makes me look like Harry Styles. Well, yeah, I just want to look hot, so I do. Yeah, so I can fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, Where are we at? Where are we at? I think we could start to wrap it up. Yeah? How are we feeling? It's been been like, what, two hours? It's been a long time. I got all messed up, so... (laughs) Well, so do we... Is it... You told me I could only do a creepy pasta book club for when we were doing regular movies, but it's been like two hours, and I don't yeah, know if we, if we, we have it, it in us. Right, is it a short that one? Be our, it's, our it's, it's short, but it, it requires an amount of theatrics, yeah. and I don't know that let's, you're up for it. Let's put it on the back burner. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. save it for another time. We're doing it. For, we haven't had one in forever. Yeah. We're doing it next time. Okay. I don't care that we have a guest. Right, or do we right. have a guest next week? It's Maddie, so we could do it next yeah. time. Oh, yeah, man, yeah um she's game so okay all right um final final thoughts it's great everyone's stupid except for us great Uh, learn to love again sex scenes are good if you can't handle a sex scene you're a child you're 12 there is no nuance available in that that is a fact there is one fact and one fact only (laughs) eat some grass (laughs) go outside and just start munching (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. Also, uh, fight scene at the end when the uh, uh, Celestial turns to a giant marble guy. Freaking so very rad. Good. So, good. so cool. Very good. So good. Um, frick you. Um, uh, it's all outside. That's really exciting. It looks great. Um, all of the character designs are good. The costuming is good. It's literally only good. There's nothing bad about it's this movie. Good. And I watched this. Watch it. I watched this movie in a theater in the Tri-Cities with other people in it, and when there was a gay kiss, people didn't walk out of the theater, so it was a win. <laughs> the first fucking gay kiss. And yeah, it's no, it's right. It's a fantastic. In love, they're married and they have a child. They're it's beautiful. In love. It's beautiful, Perfect. and yeah, I'm, it's I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. People have been asking for so long, and now all of a sudden you don't like the Eternals movie because it's too human. Mm. And- Here's here's what bugs me, and this might be this might be a can worm, so we'll see. I hate it when people are like, "We want gay representation," and then they get it, and they're like, "I don't like this representation because that person's ugly." I'm like, "Fuck you!" Like, what are you talking about? Like, I always think about Onward, where we the police everybody tore that police officer that said she has a girlfriend to shreds, and they're like, "We get representation for the first time, and she's ugly," and I'm like, "Fuck you!" Like, what are you talking about? Like. It makes me mad. Like, they're like, they don't look, they're not pretty and perfect, so they can't, I don't want them. And it's like, shut up, what are you talking about? Most criticism uh, coming from the fact that um, whenever they're like, this is our first gay character in Yeah, no, all that stuff is totally valid, but the criticism that I saw that was just like, we finally get representation and they're ugly, was just like, fuck you. Like, what are you... Like, I haven't seen much of that. I've only seen, yeah, maybe stop making it so that representation can be edited out. Um, yeah, exactly. This movie and then they're like, we're not playing it in China. Yeah. yeah. No, all the criticism surrounding the whole thing with the onward person is totally valid. I just saw, like, people were having those very valid arguments of why they didn't like it. And then I just, like, saw that one, like, popping up a little bit. And I was like, stop that right now. Like, you are setting up a dangerous precedent where if someone isn't beautiful and perfect, then they can't be gay representation so it's just like stop stop right now <laughs> i do think um 
like the more I thought about it, like as I kind of like Kit Harrington's character. He like mm. he his comic book character is a guy named Black Knight. He like sort of like explores the multiverse and like he wears like a suit of armor he's like a weird like old england sort of deal yeah he's kind of fun i was excited to see him but like and at the end there's that bit where like mahershala ali's voice as blade plays i thought it was jeffrey wright at first but then i looked it up afterwards and apparently chloe Zhao is like yeah i was blade blade's my favorite superhero i was really excited to introduce him i was like oh okay sure uh so i guess Black Kid Harrington as the Black Knight's gonna be in the Blade movie. We are to assume. I don't know. I guess weird, weird take, but whatever. Weird. Um, but like, we can but, do it. Phase four. Right. But like, I fully and completely think like as much as I kind of liked him and it was fun to have him around. I think you could have just gotten rid of him completely. Like, I feel like that was kind of one too many things. Yeah. Like, it does have a thematic mm-hmm. idea of like being another human that we care about that like is a is a you know a a touch point for like the humanity of the people around you but we you know we have other ones of those and like Mm -hmm. you would have to change the beginning pretty drastically but it's like he's in that opening sequence and then he literally like has no role in the rest of the movie like at Mm -hmm. all and like i've that was something i was like that is a dropped thing completely and like either he needs to be more fully integrated or you could have just worked out the beginning a little bit differently i am uh i didn't think you really needed to i was that. about to say i can tell that you're right because i don't even remember this person or what we're talking about <laughs> the guy at the beginning i don't know i feel like that's probably just like the studio being like and we uh, well, yeah. introduced introduce black and, knight and i feel like it wasn't the worst way because if i think back through i if I if he were in some of those sequences, I don't think they would be good. I think no, they'd be worse. you don't want him tagging along mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah, he's like, I like it when she calls him though, and he's he's like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, mm, "Sorry, the world's gonna end, right. but I'm not gonna tell you because I want you to be mm-hmm. happy." And like, oh, Cersei's the boyfriend. boyfriend. Oh, yes. okay, okay, uh, gotcha. You're, when you're just like the guy at the beginning, I was like, "What guy?" In right. the, beginning? the boyfriend. Gotcha, guess, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I, mean, I guess the sort of like love triangle thing is effective. I don't know. It was weirdly handled, and it didn't, like, fully and completely, like, materialize into anything. Um, So, anyway, bad movie. Not good. Yeah. mm -hmm. Um, It's batting at 100. (laughs) Do you guys guys want to hear a one-star review of Eternals from Roblox? I think we just gave one. Yeah. Uh, this, (laughs) uh, This review says, This movie was straight dog poop. The effects were terrible, and when my kids saw the animals, they cried. Oh my god, I hated this movie, and so did my kid. I rate this a 0 outro 10. I hate it, and I'm very upset at Marvel for making my kid cry. My kid is sensitive and is now traumatized. That's just what animals look like. They didn't do anything. <laughs> it's not the animals. The animals. Yeah, those are. that's a bunny. That's, that's just what a dog looks like. <laughs> When? So, have you been taking your child to Marvel movies? Period? <laughs> like, I did the layers of this I'm confused about. <laughs> the Deviants look sick, though. We didn't bring it up. They do but, look like, sick. They're very fun. They're, like, kind of, like, rainbowy, like, oil like, slicky. Different. Yeah. Yeah, they're very cool. Uh, so, anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline McMurray. And my computer. <laughs> okay, and this has been No Nerds Allowed. We'll catch you next time. That's the robot keyshow from the sun.